And now we are starting December Part 2. Welcome to Active Discourse, the technology roundtable podcast. I am Brett, and the HomePod is no longer allowed in my house for now. And I am Bo, and I really don't have a dog in that fight, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I have to tell you about something that I did between us recording the last episode and this episode. Okay? Let's do it. So I bought a HomePod and returned it all within uh, the time period in which we've spoken. So I bought a HomePod on the 1st of December, and I had until the 14th of January to return it because the Christmas season is a great giving period in which you can buy things for yourself and give them to yourself. So, um, (laughs) and or (laughs) give it to someone else if it bothers you. (laughs) Yeah, but the HomePod's expensive and I don't know. Um, so the HomePod was on sale. And obviously the idea of why January 14th is the return period is because that gives everyone in the country that celebrates Christmas um, enough time to unwrap it and to set it up and to figure out whether or not they like it or not and then return it because that's just a customer service nightmare if you buy it on on Black Friday and then you have to return it before Christmas in order to get your money back if you don't like it. Like... What is that? So every company, every modern company in these days allow an extended return period um, around the Christmas period. And that's just that's just good business practice. And so um, about a HomePod, honest to God, with every intention of keeping the damn thing on December 1st. And it was out of my house before the 10th because it's an upsetting product. <laughs> Them's fighting words. Yeah, before I dig into that, so what is I'm going to dig into you real quick. What um what's your opinion of the ladies in a tube? Do you like the speaker with um personal assistance built in? Do you like that at all? That product category at all? Uh, I'm not particularly happy about it. Um from a privacy perspective? Yeah. Um Yeah. I think until we have more discussions about them, they're kind of in a really weird place. Because right now it's kind of the Wild West. And um, as much as I would love having stuff like Minority Report user interfaces and and smart homes and everything like that, I, I, I think they're in early days right now that are a bit threatening to to my humanity. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting dark fast. I'm sorry, Bo. I can't do that. No, I won't play the latest album for you. Uh, The HomePod is not my first experience uh, with a lady in a tube. Um, Lady in a tube. (laughs) Smart assistants, right? That's what they're called. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my first experience with a smart assistant, a smart speaker, um, was with with a Google Home in t- t- 2017. Um, Google was uh, not Google. Um, Best Buy was running a pretty sweet deal in 2017 where you could get uh, Philips Hue, and 
a Google Home to go along with it for it was some discount of close to like a hundred bucks or so. Basically, it resulted in getting a Google Home for about like twenty bucks. Essentially, like yeah, that's worth it. I'll I'll get a Google Home for twenty dollars. That's amazing. And I gave it a shot, and it was fine actually. I overall liked it for twenty bucks. It was it was a pretty sweet product. Um, it wasn't the smartest thing, but it was also 2017. I knew it was a relatively niche product. It was a new product at the time, and I expected there to be bugs. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, I want to butt yeah. in and say that there's been actually a lot of deals for stuff like that. I think Spotify has one right now for a Google Home Mini. Oh, yeah. So they're, oh, yeah. they're continuing can, to do basically, stuff like that. Yeah, Amazon and Google are basically just throwing in their little mini products for... <laughs> Just saying, hey, thanks for being a customer. Here's here's your Google Home Mini or here's your Amazon uh, Echo Mini. Like it's it's table stakes, and it just gets their product into into your into your lives. Yeah. And um, personally, I've never used the Amazon Echo. Um, one, I have never liked the name. Whenever I've heard someone say Echo, I always ask what, and then they say it's an Amazon Echo. It's a what? It's an Amazon Echo. I don't like the name, but that's <laughs> okay. Just, that's never really bothered me, especially since you have to say Alexa is a trigger word, and I think you can customize it on there as well. Oh, that I'm not aware of. But either way, like it's it's my own fault as a human being that I don't like the name. But it's, <laughs> it's you know every year it gets better and better. So, uh, all right. So it's an, it's not a new product anymore though. The Google Home is now several years old and the home pod actually is uh, i think you know uh based off of the last um the last thing we literally just talked about which was the as we record you just gave me a a quiz on when things were launched and i think the home pod was actually launched in 2018 so we're getting close to about two years for the home pod and it should not be a new product anymore it should be getting closer and closer to maturity. And I've been thinking more and more about the HomePod since Apple announced a variety of amazing updates in June um, when they talked about all the all iOS 13 and Catalina and everything like that. And they talked about some new features for the HomePod that blew me away. And I love the idea of having a HomePod in my life for that. So one of those things was... Um, music airplay handoff which allowed me to be playing a song or a podcast on my phone and just tap my phone onto the home pod and it plays it on the home pod just because i tapped it it's an amazing idea and i can vouch i had tried this out on my iphone 10 and it worked great actually it was an that was amazing because the use case for that by the way is that I listen to podcasts basically exclusively in the car. And when I come home, I frequently want to continue listening to it. And it's kind of nice to be able to take my AirPods off and listen to it on a nicer speaker. And so when I'd come home, I could just tap my phone onto the HomePod and it would switch it to the HomePod. And I'd continue listening to the podcast I was just listening to on a much nicer speaker. And it's pretty much seamless. And that's an amazing thing. And I'm very happy that it worked with the iPhone 10. Uh, I was skeptical that it would because I think I thought that there might be some incompatibilities, but there wasn't. Um, so that's an amazing thing. The other thing that I really, really loved the idea of was the ability to say HomePod when someone comes home, play music. I love the idea of telling the HomePod, 
play the Imperial March whenever my wife comes home. I loved that <laughs> idea. Oh, it's such a great idea. Um, and just the fact that you could integrate the HomePod into all sorts of different like home automations. Like when I, I, I don't know, like the, the, the possibility is endless where you say turn on bed mode or something like that. And then it would play like white noise or something like that. It's infinitely scalable and uh, home automators dream, honestly. Um, and then just the general thing about the HomePod is the fact that it has really, really good sound quality. Um, uh, it has tons of bass. It ha- it doesn't reduce any of the treble and the mids are well balanced. It's a great speaker. All of these things for a long time have made me super excited about this product. And now that Apple looked like they were finally really continuing to build onto their HomePod um, in June made me think, yeah, this is the time. It just needs to be the right price. $300 in June of 2019 was still way too So the, the raw features of it are good is what I'm Yeah, hearing. and it still is good to me, honestly. Like, I love the idea of everything I just said is what I love about the product. And at about 200 bucks, it's a no-brainer. And Best Buy was running this uh, bad boy for a price of $200 brand new. And so... As as our listeners will get to know me more, I look for whenever there's a sale, that means that there's an open box sale as well. And you can get an extra like 20 or $30 off if you look at the open box instead of the new price. And so I got the HomePod for $180 instead of $200, which is much more palatable to me. I, I could, that's fine. But I've already returned it. I bought it for what I think is a reasonable price, and I returned it already well before the January 14th cutoff. It's the 15th of December. I still had a whole month that I could use this damn thing, and I already returned it because I knew I didn't want to keep it. Um, uh, the big thing that it comes down to is Siri is notably worse on the HomePod than it was on the iPhone. Um, first, The first use of Siri... I set it up in the in the kitchen because that is a pretty common use of these ladies in tubes. Um, you know, put it put it in the kitchen, have it play music, have it play your podcast, and be able to say, "Hey, set a timer," um, or "Hey, how much is this tablespoon in cups or whatever?" You know, a quick Google search to say, "I need to find out this quick thing about you know, cooking." <laughs> yeah, we all should probably just remember those conversions <laughs> you know, nah. like so often i have to look up how much <laughs> how many tablespoons are in a cup or whatever and i just can't do it <laughs> are you a chef <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um you know that's a really popular use for these uh personal assistants um and so i put it I decided to give it a demo because that is one possibility. It was either going to live in my office or it was going to live in my living room or it was going to live in my kitchen. It was going to live in one of those spaces. So I was trying to figure it out. And my first use of Siri is like, hey, Siri, set a timer for 20 minutes. Yeah, I just set it off. Awesome. Okay, your timer is set for 20 minutes. All right, I'm going to try to conclude this within 20 minutes. (laughs) Did you hear that? I did, yeah. You did hear that, right? Great. All right, I'll conclude. Clock is running. (laughs) Clock is running. Clog is running. All right. Um, so I, I told it to set a timer for 20 minutes. And I get a response back saying, all right, your timer is set for three minutes. And I think about it like, 
there's no way 20 minutes and three minutes you can't even no one would misinterpret that so great now do that seven more times and tell me when all of them finish yeah so i said i I did it again it was like all right great setting your timer for 10 minutes like what (laughs) that's still not that's not even close and then i did it again it's like we're setting your timer for 20 minutes great so now i have three timers going awesome anyway so it set three timers it did set three timers all three of them did go off while i was cooking it was awesome it was the last one that was necessary (laughs) (laughs) um and and further homepod was the speak the microphones it are so powerful in that thing that it was constantly listening for any instance. And the HomePod so desperately wanted to be the Siri device in my house. And I'm constantly looking over at my phone to make sure I'm not triggering it. Um, it, it so desperately wanted to be the device that triggered Siri in my home that it would listen in for anything. And my my office is really close to my bedroom. And... Um, my, th- through this whole two weeks, my wife couldn't use her phone with Hey Siri. And, uh, I decided to give a shot to see, all right, how sensitive is this? I was going to bed. I was going to turn off all the lights in my, in my house. And, um, I had my phone, the screen was on. I was looking at it and it was in my hand, obviously. And I use the trigger word and say, turn off all the lights. And I, say it i spoke it gently not very loud by any stretch of the imagination damn near whispering and the phone that was in my hand did not use siri the home pod in my office about mm, 20 feet away and through a wall not through a wall the door was open. but but so, the, you know not directly oh you know line of sight right not right. line of sight by any stretch of imagination. It, I don't know. Like in general, from the way I understand how Siri is supposed to work between HomePod and iPhone is the the iPhone and the HomePod are supposed to try to negotiate to say who's more likely trying to use this device right now. Who are are you using the phone or are you not using the phone? Are you walking around? I had my Apple Watch on. It knew that, you know, I was I had a low heart rate. And my phone screen was on. Like, come on. How more obvious is that yeah. I'm using my phone? And, yeah, HomePod was like, I got this, I got this, and we're <laughs> going to turn off all the lights. And it did it correctly, at least. But, you know, the fact that I could not... I, I, I don't know how to say this anymore. Wow, this is this is hard to do. I, I couldn't use uh, the air command for Siri for the whole experiment of this. And when I finally turned off Siri on the HomePod, because first and foremost, frequently I was asking for things that kind of required a display to say, hey, you know, um, do a quick Google search for this or do a quick Google search for that. The HomePod's not going to give me anything because I need to see what's on the screen. And because the HomePod was constantly saying, I got this, and then it would do the Google search, like, "Ah, I have no screen. I can't show you this. So I'll you should basically I would get a response saying you should look this up on your phone. That's fun. And then I turned off Siri. <laughs> I just turned off Siri. Cause like, so, uh, and that was, a yeah. Huge so already you're taking away a large chunk of the functionality from it. Yes. 
it was a, Siri is a huge point of HomePod, and I keep on triggering Siri. My God Almighty! Uh, all right. Anyway, um, so yeah. The next thing, and I should be not triggering the lady in a tube much okay, anymore. So we're we're done um, with you for now, Siri. Take a nap yeah, or something. No, I, I, I don't think I don't think I'm going to bring up the lady in a tube anymore for the rest of this conversation because I've gotten my gripe out for that. <laughs> Um, there's an audio delay as well, uh, for playing things on the HomePod. Uh, there's a typically two to five second delay or so between, uh, playing music. When you say, Hey, I'd like to play this song. It says, all right, play song one, two play. Uh, you know, there's another scenario where possibly my wife is coming up to my desk and saying, she just has a question because that's a normal thing to happen. And she's asking me a question and I want to turn down the volume. And so I click the buttons one, two volume dropped. And then I need to drop it a little bit more. One, two volume dropped one, two volume dropped. I just want to pause the whole song in general. One, two paused. There is a delay between when you do something and when it actually happens on the home pod. And I know why that is the case it results in much greater audio fidelity on the HomePod. That mm-hmm. is why it's there. But it's horrific. <laughs> well, it drove me nuts the whole time. And I, well, I think it can be solved, though, because you're, you're using a predetermined audio source. So they should be able to, theoretically, what am I looking for? Like, buffer it and... and preload that so that it doesn't have the delay whereas something like a game where you're changing it dynamically it can't really predict the audio but with a predetermined source i wouldn't see that as being as big of a problem yeah Hmm. it's it it, it's all sorts of messy and i know they can solve the problem that i think the reason why it really exists that um the feature that they're using they're using wi-fi they're not using bluetooth they're using wi-fi so wi-fi has more latency than bluetooth bluetooth has less fidelity than wi-fi so yeah honestly we need a new version of bluetooth to come out and that just seems to be a a story of my life right now so the audio delay drove me nuts it was also especially bad because i was actually kind of planning on using the HomePod as my mac speaker and um, when I would play a video on my Mac, the video itself would actually pause. So the beautiful thing is that it was in sync, at least. Like, the HomePod and the Mac knew, hey, I'm about to talk to a HomePod. I should probably wait to play the video before we play the audio because the audio is not going to happen and we don't want that to be in sync. So at least it worked. But it was frustrating. So, um, And then the last gripe that I just recently found out because I was listening to a podcast and I heard the news that apparently um, stereo pair is not an option for the Mac. So one of the biggest selling features of the HomePod is that you can buy two and they can connect in the cloud essentially and play stereo audio in even higher fidelity than one and... It sounds great. Everyone that I've heard who's done it said it sounds absolutely amazing. Um, 
you can pair the stereo pairs with an Apple TV, so that which case when you're watching TV, it plays you kind of surround sound. If you put the HomePods next to both ends of the couch, essentially, it'll play in, st- in it'll play in stereo, and it sounds great. Um, it'll play with iPhone, iPad, but not the Mac. Apparently, integrating stereo pairs with the Mac is way too hard. Um, hmm. And that was that was just the final nail in the coffin for me because if I'm going to disable Siri, if the audio delay is going to be constantly a pain in the ass. And if I can't even do the absolute number one thing that I really want to do with it, which is hear the stereo pair on my Mac, I don't want this. I'm just, and so I returned it and I got um, a different set of speakers for my, for my new uh, Mac. So. Yeah. The, uh, they pretty much hamstrung it. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, really what it comes down to is I felt like I was still a beta tester for this product. This product is two years old. And I felt like I was a beta tester for it. So, um, you know, and I also do not feel like going over just like stressing about this thing for the next several months until June. And then Apple probably will announce some new update for the HomePod. There will probably be a brand new HomePod. HomePod 1 will probably get software updates. But if Apple releases AirPlay 3 and it fixes possibly the audio delay or if it makes Siri better or if it allows stereo pairing with Mac, I also don't want to be reliant on Apple graciously saying, oh, yes, and all of these features are not only going to come to the HomePod 1, but also to the HomePod 2. I don't believe they're going to do that. And I also don't want to be the expensive beta tester for them. So, you know, they're going to release a new HomePod eventually, and then they'll put the original HomePod on sale. And at that point, like if they, I mean, honestly, at a hundred bucks, I might be back in the game for it because a hundred dollars, it's, you know, it's a cheap, stupid toy. It's not a cheap, stupid toy, but it's a stupid toy and it's not comparatively anymore. So, yeah. So I might be back in the game for it by then, but I'm going to need to see some some dedication on their side for it. Yeah, and I think that's an algorithmic thing in term, you know, regarding the uh the <laughs> aggressiveness <laughs> that it responds to you with when yeah. you're trying to talk to Siri and you've got your phone in your hand. I I think they just have to work on the algorithm there for what decides which one is going to going to take your command. Yeah. But yeah. and I, it really is highlighted that Siri needs to get better yeah. soon. Although, you know, coming. uh all seriousness from my opinion on these uh ladies in tubes or you know, voice commands <laughs> and things like that, it's uh, yeah. my real complaint is that they're they're as much as they're you know, this whole AI and machine learning and and they're learning uh, as we go along, they're they're just not smart enough. They're not even close to being smart enough. In fact, they're pretty dumb, and they have to be explicitly programmed to handle certain commands. They're not really learning, and it's frustrating because. Um, uh, so the PlayStation has a pretty primitive form of voice commands. Um, if you have a microphone or. Uh, in my case, in the living room, we've got a PS camera for for uh, PlayStation VR, and it triggers every once in a while. And I haven't even really noticed a pattern. It's just we said something that sounds a little bit like PlayStation, 
and it'll trigger. Uh, and I, I think that's a common problem across every uh, voice assistant out there is that it triggers on things that it shouldn't, but you're saying something that does sound similar. Uh, well, in most cases, maybe not yours all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I, and then further, I just don't think they're smart enough. You know, I use, I have Android Auto in my car, which in general I love. And that's one of the main reasons why, because I'm on a lease, it's one of the main reasons why I just might keep this car when my lease is done, whereas otherwise I might, uh, you know, roll that into a new lease on a different car. Uh, sure. But Android Auto uses Google Assistant, which, I, and I don't know why, but every once in a while it just doesn't really work. Or, you know, maybe it's Android Auto or or maybe it's Google Play Music, but uh, sometimes it'll just say, uh, Google Play Music can't do this right now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You're out of luck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that combined with the fact that they just don't seem to understand what you're saying or, or trying to make it do, like when you ask it a question or or try to get an answer for something, and it it just doesn't kind of do what you're expecting or it doesn't give you a simple answer, you know. So I they're just – they're not smart enough. And they're not fluent enough. So they need to understand us better. They need to be able to handle follow-ups. They need to be able to realize that they're not being spoken to. And these are all very complicated yeah. things, but they're things that have to be solved before I'm going to be happy with the situation because they just lead to frustration, annoyances, and and just generally kind of less than stellar experiences. Yeah. In, you know, following back to our last episode, uh, you know, this will be a continuingly evolving thing for us in the twenties, honestly. So yeah. And it it should get better because this isn't going away. Yeah. And I think we're going to need real artificial intelligence, you know, to really start to solve this issue because we can't just have a, you know, no matter how big the team is, we can't just have a bunch of programmers trying to account for every scenario. It's just not feasible. So I, I think we're really going to need the advent of real artificial intelligence with real machine learning to be able to to account for situations that we can't just explicitly program for. Yeah. Um, that and just one last thing to uh, dig into these uh, smart assistants. Um so I mentioned at the very beginning of that that I had a Google, a Google Home, uh, in 2017, and uh, I say that in past tense because it was gone before the end of 2017, and part of the reason for that. So I didn't really run into this too much with HomePod, um, but the thing that drove me nuts about Google Home was not necessarily the. Um, the accidental triggers, because that happened every so often from something on TV or whatnot. But at one point, I was watching TV, and a commercial came on that basically said, hey, Google, add shaving cream to the shopping cart. And my Google Home across the house said, okay, I've added shaving cream 
to your shopping cart. Yeah. And immediately I was like, absolutely not. Yep. <laughs> so that <laughs> I, I was not a fan of that because of the fact that Google knew that we are going to release a advertisement on TV to get people to say, oh, hey, that's a cool little feature for, you know, our little our smart home device that we got. And I had the opposite reaction saying, no, you do not allow, I do not allow you to have that much power over what is in my shopping cart. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, I that, fully agree. Uh, all, all, all around every smart home device needs to get better. Fortunately, I didn't run into much with HomePod, but I do not believe that that is uh, impossible with HomePod either, but I didn't run into mm-hmm. it. So, um, On a much more nitpicking note, okay. Real quick, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. really dislike the keyword that you have to use to trigger Google's digital assistant, which is, of course, Google. Yeah. Uh, it used to be it used yes. to be preceded by OK. Now they've kind of moved into the hey era. Mm-hmm. But Google is not a word that really rolls off the tongue, especially when you're saying OK before it, because it's like you're... You, you kind of choke when you say it. <laughs> Whereas something I mean, like that way, "Hey Siri" maybe, or yeah. um, "Alexa," those are things that are very, very smooth. And Google just is like, man, you got to give this thing a name or something. And I, it popped up just now. You just triggered yep. yours. Isn't that so easy it, to it, do? <laughs> it thought I was searching for justice. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, all, Which we are. all are, of we course. All are. <laughs> That's all we want. <laughs> oh, <my God>. Justice. <laughs> okay just um, give this thing a name please if 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 it's gonna yeah. be here and if if you're expecting us to use it just give it a name something that's yeah, a little nicer to, to say so <laughs> yeah um one last quick thing is uh so in the last episode in november um, I mentioned that I got a uh, MacBook Air out of my uh, father's attic because he wasn't using it, and um, I was curious about it, and it was free, so gave it a shot. And surprisingly, I think I found some utility out of this bad boy. Um, despite its age, I honestly think that it handles what I threw at it pretty well. Um, and I feel like if I wasn't told that this MacBook Air only had four gigabytes of RAM, I don't know if I would really know. Um, pretty much everything except Xcode runs just fine. So uh, I think I briefly told you this over Black Friday that I got the alternative Adobe products. You the, did, yeah. Yeah, the Affinity Designers, uh, Affinity Publisher, Affinity Photo. I got all three of those apps from uh, Serif they were running a, a nice discount over uh, black Friday. And so I was like, all right, I'll buy something for myself on this uh, great holiday. And um, so I did. And it's Photoshop. It's Adobe illustrator. It's Adobe InDesign essentially. And they have built those apps so well for the Mac platform that they run perfectly on this ancient MacBook Air. That's respectable. Honest. Yeah. It's amazing. These days, four gigs of RAM is like, that's half of what I've got in my phone. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's, it, it blew me away. Like, um, I was making stickers 
and we'll talk about these stickers later. I was making these stickers uh, on uh, uh, the MacBook Air. I and it's just the computer I had with me at the time, and I was like, all right, let's just throw it right at it. Let's see if it'll work, and it worked just great. It's amazing. Um, and honestly, I think that the best analogy this MacBook Air has is that it's comparable to a Chromebook. Uh, it's a great, honestly, I think it's a great extra computer for light internet browsing, for word processing, for email, for Excel, and maybe a little bit of usage of heavy apps every so often. Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't. Well, the Chromebook, you you're in Chrome OS, so I don't know what kind of heavy apps you'd have access to. Um, I, I think they have access to, well, I mean, they have access to all the Android apps, obviously. Right. There um, is Android, but and... I think for more, like for heavier apps, you'd probably have to get Linux on there in some form. But like the general idea of a Chromebook is that it's your second computer. It's not your, it's not generally your primary computer and it's just something to do extra things on that you don't want to use your phone for or if you happen to have a desktop at home you don't want to you know it's a mobile thing for your desktop so um i think it 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 really gets me thinking that i really wish apple made some analogy to the chromebook really because obviously it doesn't make any sense for them to sell their old 2012 macbook air to at like $500 to compete against the Chromebook. It doesn't really make any sense for them to keep that product alive just for that purpose. Um, but I do wish that they had something more closer to the Chromebook because I think that um, it, it, it's, it would be a really good product to have available. So, um, you know, I think it's going to stick around in my uh, workflow, honestly. Uh, it's going to be an alternative to my iPad. My iPad still will be my primary computing device after after the honeymoon period of a new product in my life, this MacBook Air kind of has been sitting on my desk untouched for maybe about a week or so, and my iPad is a better product, but um, it's taken up most of the rest of the use that I was using it for for those first couple of weeks. But I know that um, uh, the MacBook Air would come into play whenever I feel like I'd need it. Um, it's pretty nice to use when I want to remote into my desktop from my uh, couch downstairs basically just vnc into my uh desktop and use that for a quick thing on the couch and then close it down yeah i use my desktop on my couch basically so i do that a lot um yeah i use that i use it a lot from my laptop to my desktop um i haven't used it on my tablet yet but that's something i'm sure actually i did use it once i did but um yeah i i do remoting like that a lot it's really handy the last thing that we're not going to talk too much about today, but I finally have a real Mac in my house. I've bought my first Mac. I bought a Mac Mini. But you've been using it. Mac for years. Yes, I no longer have a hack. And, I mean, I still have my Hackintosh. This boy is a solid little server. You mean you, you've um, been Mac breaking is... the end-user license agreement? People wouldn't do that. They wouldn't just go on the internet and tell lies. No, <laughs> never. Yeah, I love. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll talk more about the Mac Mini later. But uh, <laughs> I am a proud owner of the Mac Mini. I've been thinking about it for the last year. It's finally mine. It is a i7 Mac Mini with I upgraded it to 32 gigabytes of RAM. Oh, and yeah. that was a scary thing to do. But <laughs> I did it, yeah. and it's working. That's cool. I I considered getting a mini at one point too because I 
I liked Mac as a uh, kind of a development platform. If if I ever needed to, you know, do something that uh, where I needed a Mac uh, environment for something like that, I yeah. I think I would probably look into getting a mini. We can be the founding members of the Mac Mini Master Race. Is that in the? It's in the early <laughs> stages right now. What, we you could. recruiting? We started a. Uh, we started a Discord server. We might as well start the Mac Mini Master Race too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a natural progression. You start a Discord server and then you start a uh, cult. Yeah. Where's the Kool Aid? <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, yeah. This might be a good time to mention for the listeners. We do have a Discord server started. Um, there's not any invites out there currently, but, um, I'm sure we'll be looking at recruiting you for our cult in the very near future. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, we, we might soon be opening up this server for listeners and, and, uh, potentially even for, uh, live podcast listening. Thank you for listening to active discourse. If you'd like to share any comments, feedback, questions, anything, uh, feel free to send us an email at activediscourse at iCloud.com. Thank you. And we'll talk to you in 2020. Have a happy new year, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye.